It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce, Michael, and Ivy. I know a story of high strangeness or two. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. Bryce Johnson! With me always is great, great joke that no one's gonna get. Because They're gonna get it. They, they, hey, everybody, they think my my computer's lagging, so I had to jump the gun on that. How'd that come in? He <laughs> time traveled into the future and then had a lag. You just missed it. If you could and only see Michael's face. We also have with us super producer. Riley Bray. Hi, guys. Hi, boys. Hi, What's Michael. up? Well, hi, hi listen. time-traveling Bryce. If we're uh, just jumping, jumping to it, I say we jump right in because Let's we have jump. two awesome guests with us this week who are here to discuss a project that is close to our own hearts. Uh, but before we bring them in, Riley, let's nominate our five-star Club Scout of the week. This is a Club Scout who has recently given us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Well, yes, we nominate K. Joseph Harold, who says 100% five stars. Absolutely love BCC. These gentlemen send me on a wild, thoughtful ride every time. They should have an amusement park all of their own. Uh, sunglasses, smiley face. I think that's the text interpretation of the copy emoji. That's right. Uh, uh, can't, w- uh, can't wait for the next episode. Kimberly, five stars. Thank you, Kimberly. Uh, I could not find the sunglasses smiley face when I was transcribing this uh, review onto the Google Doc. So I I wrote it out phonetically. I do too. I like it's wild, but also thoughtful. (laughs) (laughs) I just want want to go to this amusement park. Yeah. I do too. Hey, man, we have that Mothman versus Bigfoot roller coaster we we dreamed up a couple years ago. (laughs) I forgot about that. That's a good one. Uh, All right. Well, we are joined by two amazing guests this week returning to us from Monsters Among Us podcast and then joining us for the very first time from Blurry Photos podcast. Please give a Club Scout salute to the filmmaking team behind the new documentary Shadows of the Desert, High Strangeness in the Borrego Triangle, streaming on your TVs beginning March. 
March 5th. Mark your calendars. We have Derek Hayes and David Flora with us today. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Welcome, welcome. Now let's do the old. This is David. This is Derek. So people can know whose voice belongs to which nice young man. This is Derek, the voice that Derek will be using. Yes. And this is David, the voice that Derek will try to use. <laughs> now, Derek, we had you on the show last fall when you guys were doing the road show with the documentary. Yeah. Uh, but why don't you two gentlemen remind our listeners or tell our listeners for the first time why, why they should care about Shadows of the Desert? Well, uh, for starters, you guys are featured. Uh, you know, you and, and Bryce are in the film, and Riley shot some footage for us. So you mm-hmm. guys are heavily featured in this uh, documentary that takes place here in Southern California. Essentially, we found this little, well, not little, it's a big piece of land out in the desert east of, uh, I'd say, San Diego, Salton Sea area. There's a, a state park out there called Anza Borrego Desert State Park. And we discovered all sorts of weird activity was going on out there. So we decided we're going to to make a film about it. Love it. Yes. David, did you experience uh, any high strangeness alongside your companion, Derek, in, in the Borrego Triangle? You know, truth be told, uh, we did get something weird out there. Uh, it was a lot of fun to shoot. And, you know, it was more fun to stay alive i think but um <laughs> it, there was, it was harder one night, to stay alive <laughs> it was harder but you know i had fun trying um there was one night where we were coming back from a shoot and there we we saw some weird lights on the horizon and this is probably the only paranormal uh at least in the realm or adjacent thing that has happened to me in my life um, of course, you know, we, we're not sure what it was, but there were several lights that were on the horizon and kind of just kind of floating in a five on top of five kind of, uh, configuration. And we got out and shot it and wasn't sure what it was. It was out towards the Salton Sea. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where <laughs> as we put the film together, we weren't sure how to include that section in there. Um, so uh, Derek, you can stop me if I, if I give away too much on that, but we weren't really able to put that in the film, oddly enough, um, just cause it didn't flow right with wherever we stuck it. And so <laughs> the weirdest thing that happened to us, uh, <laughs> isn't even in, in the film, but we like to talk about it. <laughs> Where's the footage now? Well, we still have it, and, and the government pl- took it. We have a plan for it. The government did take it. Uh, no, they, 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 uh, we do have a plan for it, and people will get to see it at some point this year. Uh, we're Great. just not legally allowed to say what we're doing with this yet. Cool. So, what I'm did intrigued. you guys? What were your conclusions about those? Yeah, what were your conclusions <laughs> yeah, that, that about was the those? Point, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, what did you? What were your in the moment looking at those lights? Like, what were you? What was going through your guys' minds? What, what, what were? What words were you exchanging watching this? Well, it was it was like sunset or something. It just had gotten dark, and we were shooting way on the other side of the triangle. We were coming into Borrego Springs, which is like the it's in the center of the triangle and one of the biggest towns, which is funny because there's like fifty people there, but. Uh, so we come over the ridge, and suddenly it's just like David said, five, four, five, six, something like that, orange orbs of light floating 
Mm. It looked like above the Salton Sea because I think we were seeing a reflection of it uh, on the water. So it looked May, like oh, there was right. 10 lights, but there was only probably five. That's like those uh, th- those lights over D.C. Uh, in 52. So many people thought that they were uh, more yes. than they were, but they were doubled because they were bouncing off of the uh, off of the uh, Monument Lake. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what this reminded me a lot of was the UFO caught at 29 Palms. If you guys remember that from two mm. years ago or so, that was the Delta-shaped uh, craft that they, they caught over the Air Force Base over there near Joshua Ooh, Tree. Well, you need to remind us of this. I'm sure we covered it at the time, but I'm now forgetting it under all the uh, dusty files that are now collecting in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I think Jeremy Corbell released the footage. Yeah. Hey, David, do you remember when this was? Two years ago? Something it like that. It sounds about like, yeah, I think it was two couple years ago it's essentially it's just a video of a bunch of of uh, soldiers outside doing some sort of exercise and they just look up and there's this it, it looks like a triangle or like I a wedge shape this. yeah the flying but it's pyramid. got the lights yeah it's sort of like a flying pyramid triangle whatever you want to call it wow. uh, but it, it looked very similar to that so of course we get on the walkies everybody get out of the car pull over and we had our guy shoot, and he's like, I don't have the right lenses for this. Of course, that was like the joke that was ongoing throughout the shoot, that we never had the right equipment. But, uh, you know, we, we shot what we could, and we just didn't know what it was. It looked like, to me, it had something to do with the military. But the weird thing about it is, out there, so many of the UFO stories we heard also involve the military. You know, they'll see something strange, and a jet will be scrambled and, and chase it out. Or, you know, helicopters will be seen in the same area where a UFO was saw just a few minutes mm-hmm. before that. So there's some sort of ongoing connection between the military and this strange phenomena. So yeah. that really didn't slow me up any. You know, I don't know what it was, but it was definitely intriguing. You make a couple good points. One is that it's actually hard and difficult to capture anomalous phenomena, even with a film crew, right? Like everybody yeah, thinks it's yeah. so so easy to just whip out your camera and get that unrefutable photo. Wrong. You try it. Um, <laughs> you know what I love about what you guys are are doing and what what you've done now is you've sort of are introducing the world to this idea that hey. There's Bigfoots in the fucking desert, man. Check these guys out. Yeah. And and I love that because those are some of our favorite Bigfoot stories. And, you know, couple this along with the idea that I, I, and I and I still get it, like with the Bigfoot. Isn't there only just the one? And like, no, no, it's not just <laughs> the one, you know, and and I'm sure you guys must get it like Bigfoot in the desert. Come on. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we were kind of like that to start out with. Um we, we were, you know, part of the reason we wanted to explore it is because we were wondering if that is even possible. And back to the 64 Desert Magazine article um, that t- the ex-Marine talked about seeing tracks in the desert. And uh, it's not only possible, we found out with this um, film process, but we talked to biologists that work in the park and um, botanists, and we found out that it's... It, it there's nothing wrong with the idea that a, a creature could live out there on the stuff that's on the land. They could migrate from the higher elevation down to the lower at different times of year. Mm. And it, it really moved the needle for us on accepting the fact that, you know, yes, yeah, stuff could live out here, uh, including a, a hominid like that. Well, it makes sense, too, when, you know, we went to the uh the premiere in Idlewild last fall which was a blast mm-hmm. and there is you know you go up to Idlewild which is up on a mountain and you're in like Bigfoot territory and I know that that's right on the cusp of what you guys call the Brago 
triangle, but you just go right down the mountain and suddenly you're in a completely different ecosystem. So, it, you know, it is hard for us to wrap our brains around when we think about the desert in Southern California, how if if, you know, creatures like Bigfoot exist, how they would survive out there. But you've got this giant forest mountainous area right next to the desert so it it makes sense once you get out here and you see what this landscape what our beautiful countryside in california actually looks <laughs> hell like yeah, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. that's right there's a lot of there's a lot of life in the desert i'll take that a little bit further the lot a lot of the dates that we checked on these sightings that that have been reported to us and that we found basically correlates with that thought that these things are migrating uh, you know, if an encounter was reported in the desert, you know, the flatlands, it was always in the wintertime, never mm. in the summer and then vice versa with the mountains. And it's only like a half a day's walk or something for a person to go from below, you know, to the higher altitude. So imagine how fast a Sasquatch can move That's up right. that slope. Sasquatch Man. speed. People don't, you know, give Sasquatch enough me. credit. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got the flash and you've got the roadrunner and then you got Bigfoot. That's how, that's, that's the order right. it goes in. That's more right. surface area that he hits and pushes off with. Yeah. <laughs> the mid-tarsal break really scoots him along. <laughs> so, David, you've never been on the show before, which is a crime. Uh, and we, we got a little a little taste of it. But what's your personal paranormal history? How did you yes. get into the field of high strangeness? And ha- I, uh, have you had any experiences beyond those lights that you've seen? It, it, it has taken this long to have one. Um and, you know, I can't even definitively say that's a that's a real paranormal one, but it's the closest that I've come to one, if not. Um, but I I always grew up reading uh, myth, um, like Greek myths, the, the Delorier's Greek myths, the Norse myths, those kind of things. Mythology is really kind of what got me interested in monsters and stories and gods and goddesses and magic and all that stuff. Awesome. Um, and by the time I got into, you know, the, the workforce proper uh, as a young adult, I had a couple jobs that, you know, I was either commuting to or was listening to stuff while I was at the job. And I just naturally was intrigued by um, these topics of cryptids and new age beliefs and mysteries and the history behind them and everything and I really just wanted to to find out what's behind all this. Is it true? Should I be scared shitless? And <laughs> is that, there a monster that's going to eat me out there? <laughs> that is so well put, man. Yeah, and and so yeah, I I just started listening and and taking in all these uh, podcasts and uh, old coast to coasts and mm. all that stuff, and and decided you know one day I was doing a podcast with an improv team in Chicago. And we would just talk about anything and nothing. And I started just bringing topics I would find in the news or hear about on these shows. Um, you know, uh, the Cottingley Fairies. What do you guys think of those? The uh, um, UFOs, you know, the the flap and uh, the Phoenix Lights and stuff like that. I would just, mm. just to discuss it and see what people thought. And then that kind of rolled into my own show of figuring out what's going on. And so... I actually have become more skeptical about stuff as oh, wow. I've done the show for the past 12 years. Love that. Yeah, That's so. interesting. In, in, how, in what way have you become more skeptical? Like how uh, has that developed? More uh, able to critically think about stuff and ask questions and see like 
this sounds like bullshit. Is this possible? What's the science behind this? Mm-hmm. And what is the context that you have to put this in? So I'll give you a quick example. I just did an episode on the history of the devil, and I really tried to put that into historical context where these stories came from, where did we get the the appearance, you know, going from the red-skinned, horned, tailed yeah. devil to like the the slick guy in the business suit who runs yep. around naked on the show Lucifer or whatever. I don't watch it, but <laughs> yeah. um you know, I, I tried to get to the bottom of, of this stuff and find out what are the historical sources for it and, and are they credible and things like that. So that's kind of what I try to do with blurry photos is find out the the credibility of stuff, put it in context, see if there's a scientific explanation. So how that's much kind of, the, of why. How much is of mm. the hell and the devil stuff is just straight out of Dante's Inferno? Uh, quite a bit. Yeah, actually, and and Milton's um, Paradise, Paradise Lost. Lost. Yeah, so much yeah. more of that comes Which out of great. there than it does the Bible. You would yeah. uh, surprisingly so. Yeah. But there's a lot of intertestamental literature that did not make it into the canon of yeah. the Bible, and it was basically fanfic. It, uh, there's the <laughs> Testament of Adam and Eve, um, the Gospel of Thomas, I think, things like that, uh, Gospel of Judas. These things awesome. were were kind of riffed on by the the scholars at the time because they were trying to deal with a god that wasn't as good as they you know were kind of trying to portray him right demiurge so in the new we gotta give this dude a bad guy yeah Yeah, exactly you're talking talking about gnostic christianity that's in there too and and you have to have a scapegoat for all this stuff it can't be the the god that's good you know mm. doing doing all this killing <laughs> yeah yeah so i yeah if you're interested in that at all i've got a two-part episode on the Most show and definitely. i'm really proud of the <laughs> research yes. it took me like four months to put together so please I love listen it. to it definitely i think it's a i think it's a stark reminder that all these things are just concepts anyway uh these energies that we're trying to describe these emotions these feelings i mean we anthropomorphize them and we put faces on them and cool horns and maybe a tail that's pretty dope <laughs> but uh at the end of the day <laughs> no matter what your framework or or your i guess belief system it's all just a concept at the end of the day and we're all just sort of struggling to grasp uh, what these energies are as best as we can. Mm-hmm. Deep. So I'm curious, if was there a big aha moment for you, David, when you were like, okay, I need to start thinking about this stuff more skeptically? Like, do you remember the moment or what story you might have been working on or case you were looking at where you're like, this has gone from, oh, I'm excited about this to, this might be more bullshit. There were several steps to that. It was a it was a gradual thing, but as I saw more and more how there could be explanations to things or people were throwing things out there without giving evidence or, you know, having taking these giant mental leaps to get to where they were going. Um, and then how they acted personally, you know, getting defensive and, and you know, shitty to people who were questioning it all. That that kind of was mm-hmm. red flags to me. But um, it was when I st- when I particularly started going into pseudoscience that it really kind of sang true, like uh, homeopathy, for example, which when you mm-hmm. when you boil that down, no pun intended, 
or actually I do intend a lot of puns in my show, but um, <laughs> when, you, when you get to the bottom of that one, it's like you take a very small droplet of something that's in water and then you distill it like 10,000 times. You just keep pouring it in fresh water and pouring that in fresh water, pouring that until at the end you have something that is molecularly nothing like what the essence of the thing you dropped in there to begin with is like. And then they sell that to people and say, it's this miracle cure and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And James Randi did a, a great um, bit on that on, in a, I think a Ted talk maybe where he, he like they, uh, took a homeopathic liquid something. I forget what exactly it was, but he's like, it says, you know, take a, a shot of this or a, like a little one ounce of it. And he downed the whole bottle on stage. And he's like, uh-oh, guess I'm screwed now. And, you know, and he's like, no, I'm actually not because this is bullshit. Like, there's right. nothing to this. Snake so famously died right there on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just stuff like that where you, you find out there's there's just stupid shit behind it all or somebody's, you know, trying something with it. And, and it just kind of taints everything to where you're like, okay, that's a great claim, but can you back it up? Right. You know, to at least just ask some questions about it to see if it stands scrutiny. And then the things that come out of that, that pass that test, those are the cool things, you know, those, are, those are your Dyatlov passes and um, maybe fluoride, you know, who knows about that? Like that's one I I'm not sure I'm I I don't believe the Patterson Gimlin film could yeah. be yeah I mean there's there's there are some examples where uh you can't find a good reasoning or or explanation for it and that's what really is the the cool stuff in this uh, industry now it sounds like to me that makes you a really good partner for Derek because Derek, one of the things that I love about Monsters Among Us is every time someone calls in with a story, you'll first try to come up with a rational explanation for what they go through. And then you'll say, but then again, here are some other cases that might apply to the high strangeness here. So do you try to bring the same skeptical approach to these stories? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, if you think about it, not every story I receive can be paranormal. There's going to be some misidentifications or some hallucinations. There's going to be some ration, rational uh, explanations for, for some of the things that are being reported. If you can kick those out of the list, you know, kind of like David said, you get you get separate the wheat from the chaff. And uh, what you have left is just a lot more interesting to me. The stuff you can't disprove suddenly becomes a lot more uh, spooky, terrifying, frankly. Uh, so that's that's really why I do it. Um, well, also, I'm seeking the truth. I mean, that's why we're all here, honestly. But uh, the fact that you can give it a little bit of credence just by kicking a few other things, a few other possibilities out, that, that speaks volumes to me for some reason. So how did you two end up working together on Shadows of the Desert? How how did this come up come to be? To manifest, well, for me, it started a long time ago. I used to listen to David's show long before I even thought about starting a podcast. So I was pretty influenced by, you know, a lot of the stuff he was doing anyway. Uh, I don't remember how we ended up being friends. I think you asked me to be on the show or something, and we just been talking ever since. But as far as the documentary is concerned, uh, my wife, Sarah, and I used to, oh, we still do, we go camping all the time. And we would camp in Borrego Springs and you know, the Anzabrego Desert State Park. And I would collect all these stories from down there. I'd hear people talk about it. I'd look a couple things up here and there. And I, I really wanted to buy a book or a documentary or something on the subject and learn more. And I learned there was absolutely nothing out there. Huh. 
So for me, I was thinking, you know, we have all of these reports ranging from UFOs, ghosts, ghost lights, Bigfoot, other cryptids, and nobody's talking about this stuff. So that's where the the seed was planted that something needs to be done. I don't know if it's yeah. a book or a documentary, what it's going to be. And then I just kind of talked to David a little bit about it. And he's like, yeah, well, let's, let's push this forward. And next thing you know, we're out in the desert, 122 degree heat, <laughs> looking at each other like, what the fuck? What do we do this for? Why could we have done this in Hawaii? Why could exactly. we pick a cooler location? Well, we say it all the time. Speaking of cool, every cryptid that's going to last needs a cool-ass name. And, you know, people love geometric uh, patterns of paranormality. So the fucking Borrega Triangle, that's you guys. You get to own that shit now. Now. And I think mm-hmm. it, I think it'll make lexicon because um, you know the desert is so mysterious, and uh, I don't know anybody else that picked up on those on those locations. So I, I think way to go, hats off. Uh, we've been talking about the strangeness of this desert for so long, and now we've got this. We you know we have this Bermuda Triangle, we have other triangles. Uh, they're 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 all over, and no, so now you guys have laid claim and stake to the Borrego Triangle of high strangeness and i love that yeah triangle is the the classic uh form that these places take <laughs> it seems like but i mean we we did we were like what can we workshop this name because we we don't want to be just like everything but right. borrego trapezoid is stupid so like <laughs> what, so we just yeah we we were like nah it works for a reason yeah, let's if just it ain't stick broke. with triangle exactly <laughs> don't yeah. fix and everybody it. knows exactly what it means too when you hear yeah. borrego triangle exactly. like, there's no question you know that's a area of high strangeness a window area if you will yeah why aren't there triangle cryptids? You feel like with this much, you know what I mean? There There's are. Be some, like triangle men. Well, you know, the, out there. think about think about the UFO, Creepy. the Merkaba. The, it's two triangles inverted on each other. That's two pyramids. Uh, so there you There's go. Triangle UFOs too. Double yeah. triangle. Tr three B UFO as well. Is, is yeah, triangle. exactly. We got yeah. your triangles, Michael. Well. <laughs> all right, good. That's all I want. Okay, boys. Well, let's see. How much you two line up as partners? Uh, I'm going to go down a list. This will be good. Uh, phenomena, rapid fire style. If you are open to it, now you got to come, you got to decide here now. If you're open to it, you're going to say believe it. If you're not open to it, you're going to say bullshit. There's no in between. All right, gentlemen, this is a game that we like to call bullshit or believe it. All right, David, Derek, on your mark, get set. Ghosts. Believe. Bullshit. Bigfoot. Mm, believe, I think. Bullshit. <laughs> now, Derek, I'm going to tell you because everyone listening at home knows I'm going to I'm going to scold you. <laughs> yep. You gotta say believe it, okay? Sorry, it's not called sorry. I don't know very specific form. How dare you come yes. on this show dare me. for the third time and do this to me? The nerve. Sorry. UFOs. Believe it. Believe it. Crystals. Bullshit. Bullshit. Ouija boards. Bullshit. Super bullshit. Tarot cards. Bullshit. Total bullshit. Alien abductions. Believe it. I'll go with believe it on that one. Shapeshifters. I got to go with believe it on this one. I've heard too many stories. Oh, man. I could could believe that one. (laughs) Gnomes. Same thing. I've heard too many stories. I still got to say bullshit, though. Bullshit. (laughs) 
Shadow people. Yeah, I believe that one. I believe it. Sorry. Believe it. Bullshit. I think there's an explanation. Um, we can circle back. Astral projection. Believe it. Oh. Bullshit until I can do it myself. <laughs> Psychic dreams. Believe it. I could believe that. Sheep squatch. <laughs> no, that's bullshit for me. How dare I laugh? Bullshit, West Virginia. Sorry. <laughs> Bat squatch. Bullshit again. Bullshit. Damn. The lizard man of Skateboard Swamp. That's a cool name. David, you go first this time. Oh, bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Bullshit for me then, too. Speaking Aww. to the dead. Bullshit. <sighs> bullshit. Demons. Bullshit. Total bullshit. Wendigos. I believe it. Believe uh, it. With a caveat. Circle back. Bull bullshit with a caveat. Caveats. Right. Circle that one, Riley. We'll be back. Werewolves. Now, I assume you, you are including Dogman. Nope, Werewolves. Dog oh, okay. Dogman's <laughs> not on the list this he year. Said gotcha. All right, there's a difference. You think there's we don't know the difference between Humans a werewolf transforming and a dog into wolves. Yeah. Dog, oh, dog do. man's I a dogman all day Boys long. Boys becoming men, men becoming dog, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Come on. Gotcha. Dogman all day. Bullshit. That. In that case, fine. Bullshit all day. Bullshit. Parallel universes. Believe it. Believe it. Past lives. Reluctantly believe it. I, I kind of reluctantly would believe to. Believe wow. It. Doppelgangers. Well, I believe it. Bullshit. Destiny. Bullshit. Bullshit. Life after death. Bullshit. <laughs> well, you two wow. are just a party. Wow. Like, punch yeah, me yeah. all over the place too. That pause. Yeah. Really big into monsters and UFOs. Not so much into the afterlife is my takeaway from this. All right, uh, David, what was your explanation for shadow people? Shadow people, I, I feel like, could be explained by one's own brain manifesting mm -hmm. and trying to make patterns and trying to um, deal with what you're seeing when you're not really uh, awake, you're kind of in between. So it's, it's a, you know, it's a brain manifestation, I think. Got it. Okay. I'm open to that. Wendigos, boys. Where do you fall on Wendigos? What's your theory? What's the caveat? Uh, I can't help but, you know, I, let me start with a quick story. I got snowed in up here for 15 days last year. And at <laughs> day 14, oh, yeah. I was thinking about eating people. Yep. <laughs> so I could see how a certain psychosis could develop that causes people to go right. nuts and think they need to eat people. Mm -hmm. Do they turn into creatures? I don't know about that. But I well, could see their creature. mind changing and altering. Well, right, yeah. that's sure. very true, Bryce. Yeah. Spiritually, symbolically, you're a creature. You know, I mean, you're stepping outside the yeah the uh, confines of civilized society. At that point, you are an other. Once you do, once you break those rules. Yeah, for for me, it's the it's the concept and allegory of what a Wendigo is that that I believe in uh, more so than a creature or you know something that is physically manifesting man manifesting. Yeah, mm. and Riley circled past lives as well. There was sort of a, a reluctant belief on that mm -hmm. one. That... Well, I said bullshit to ghosts, I believe. Or no, I said believe it to ghosts and then bullshit to past lives, and I was contradicting myself, and I, I don't know why oh, I thought I that. I, I honestly don't know <laughs> why. Yeah, I, I thought you, <laughs> said, be, you, you said believe it on past lives. 
Yeah, you. Were, it was like, oh, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Reluctantly. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you what, if you go back and listen to my answers to each time I've played this game, they're wildly different sure each and every time. It's a snapshot time. That's why we play it again and again. Yeah, exactly. all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes to all, no to all. It's where you're at today. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. February is a month for lovers. So, guys, let's ask this. Do you want to have better sex, but erectile dysfunction is getting in the way? If so, you're not alone. Millions of men deal with the hardships of ED, but with HIMSS, there's a simpler, affordable way to get treated for ED, so you can get your groove back in the bedroom at a cost you desire. That's right. HIMSS is changing men's healthcare by providing access to affordable and discreet sexual health treatments, all from the comfort of your couch, which I love. Hims provides access to clinically proven generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis, so you know that it's going to be up to 95% cheaper. That's right, with options as low as $2 per dose. The process is simple and 100% online, so no uncomfortable doctor's visits. All you have to do is answer a series of questions on their site, and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. That's right, and you'll all also like this, there's no insurance needed. That's right, pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers. So, if ED's getting you down, it's time to change that. Start your free online visit today at hims.com slash bcc. That's h-i-m-s dot com slash bcc for your personalized ED treatment options. hims.com slash bcc. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. All right, David and Derek. Now, I know you boys aren't strangers to the Southwest, but how well do you know one of the most famous hot spots of old west hauntings i'm talking about tombstone arizona oh, yo. yes <laughs> cowboy time have, oh, has anybody nice. here uh riley you know what kind of music you need to cue up for this one I, oh, yeah i'm excited don't need to I'm say tuning up the banjos i got the fill hell dusting yeah it off. There you go. <laughs> now let's kick this off has anybody here been to tombstone before no, I have not. Isn't. No, boys. I actually wow. haven't weirdly either. Spindrift went through there before I was in the band, and they shot they shot a a tour doc film where they, wow. they played all ghost towns across the U.S. Do- wow, uh, Doc Holiday's cool. buried that, there, isn't that, he? And Wyatt Earp too, right? I think. Mm-hmm. I believe Holiday's so. buried in Colorado. Yeah, uh, Holiday. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's I don't know cool, if I, they, they, you know, they, they li- obviously spent a lot of time there, which we'll get into. And there is a famous cemetery. So cool. Um, I've been, I've been there before. It's great. It's, it's, it's kind of like going to Dodge City, but in Kansas, you know, it's sort of a well-preserved uh, cowboy town, Southwest town, and it's, it's great. They have lots of reenactments. It's sort of like 
a, a cowboy cosplayer's dreamland, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit of a theme park. It's a bit of a historical attraction and museum, and it's still a functioning place where you can, you know, go to a saloon and get a beer. Um, so I, I highly recommend it if you're anywhere near Tucson. It's not that far to, uh, t- not too far to get there from Tucson. So check it out. So Tombstone is, of course, a famous old West town. The site of the gunfight at the OK Corral and legendary Western characters like Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. If you were coming of age in 1993, you probably saw the movie starring Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer in your local shopping mall movie theater at least twice, like yours truly. <laughs> and one th- one thing you can be sure about when it comes to the old... I mean, come on, Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday is like one of the best roles ever. performances best of all time. Ever. One thing you can be sure about when it comes to the Old West... Wherever you find high noon, you find high strangeness. This week, we are looking at some of the most haunted places in Tombstone, Arizona. Killer. First up, the obvious one, the OK Corral. The OK Corral was the setting for the most famous shootout in the Old West, which took place on October 26, 1881 at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it only lasted 30 seconds. The gunfight was between lawman Virgil Earp, his brothers Wyatt and Morgan, alongside Doc Holliday, who was a famous gunslinger and temporary policeman, versus a group of outlaw cowboys led by Billy Claiborne, the result of an escalating feud between the two parties. The fight ended with three dead cowboys and Virgil and Holiday wounded, but they survived. Now, here's what you may not know. The gunfight actually took place six doors down from the corral. But that doesn't mean that historical gunslingers don't visit that locale today. Eyewitnesses have seen shadowy figures roaming around, and they haven't even just woken up, David. (laughs) Disembodied footsteps and voices can be heard, and at least one eyewitness claims that the ghostly image of a long-dead, unidentified gunslinger passed right through him. It's also rumored that the Earp brothers and Doc Holliday returned to replay the famous gunfight. Either that or the famous incident is stuck on cosmic replay. And then there's Justice Jim Burrett, a tall, thin spirit riddled with bullets, who has been seen entering the old office building around the corner from the corral, floating down the thoroughfare, and peeking into the windows at staff members. <laughs> Burrett was gunned down by his nemesis, William Green, in 1897 in an act of revenge. Cool. You remember peeking. Didn't we do that? Wasn't that one of the... That's a callback, deep cut. Yeah. I don't even remember what that's from, but wow. I do remember that. Uh, Jim, uh, Jim Burrett, this guy was... He was in... He basically like wouldn't allow this guy, William Green, to build a dam uh, because it was fucking up his property. And then William Green's two daughters drowned in a flood when the river flooded. And oh. Green was pissed at Burrett because they had had like, this neighborly feud going. And uh, so he murdered, he murdered uh, Justice Jim. Damn. So you can what still see all the bullet holes in his ghost, which is pretty cool. I guess. This is for my daughters, you son of a bitch! Be a, be, yeah. <laughs> gotta be a ghost, an old west ghost full yeah. of bullet holes. Because you know they you know, drink. That's when they classic. drink the whiskey and then it sprouts Pours out of their out. Holes. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. That would and be my ghost trick for right yeah. sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. yes, that would be totally <laughs> awesome. 
I need uh, a shot of whiskey and a mop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's swing by the Birdcage Theater. The Birdcage Theater was described by the New York Times in 1882 as the roughest, bawdiest, and most wicked night spot between Basin Street and the Barbary Coast. I was wondering when Applesauce yeah, was Yeah, it was only us. a matter of time before he I knew you were fighting the edge of it. I was like, we're doing Old West, Old Timey. He used to out. write for the New York Times back oh, when he had all his teeth. Right. Uh, you know, that's and then he stayed. He, he went from Appalachia. <laughs> To New York, to the big city, in Tombstone, Arizona. And he's 162 years old now. You never know. He's kind of a little the Lord, spirit, the you Lord know. Is growing. I right, think he's on. a leprechaun. Also, his head might be an actual apple, depending on some. Uh, That's true. Depending on which yeah, some depictions of him. So the for- this former nightclub hosted 26 deaths from gunfights, stabbings, and suicides. So 26 wow. deaths took place at the Birdcage Theater, wow. and it is said to have a wait list full of poltergeists and spectral forms trying to make their way in. While touring the premises, you might catch the ghostly whiff of whiskey or cigar smoke or catch the glimpse of a lot. I love it. Uh, come on. Whiskey. That's cool. Come on. Sorry, you, you, you're, you, you might catch a whiff of whiskey when yeah. you go into this uh, theater with a bar. Probably. Ghost whiskey, David. Ghost whiskey. There's a Ghost difference. whiskey. Sorry. Yeah, yeah there is a... Being if you have nine dollars, you might be able to sniff some whiskey. Mustier. It's mustier. I don't think That's it's still an active difference. nightclub. I'm not sure. I think it's just sort of a museum, but who, who knows? Okay. You might also it's catch the glimpse of long dead stagehands drinking from his flask, crossing the stage. Now, the most famous ghost in the birdcage is that of Margarita, the painted lady, a former madam who was murdered by her competitor from the Crystal Palace. Whose name was Little Gertie, aka Gold Dollar, and oh they say goodness. they called Gertie Gold Dollar because she was so short. They just <laughs> called her Gold Dollar because she was <laughs> tiny, like a gold coin, <laughs> like a Pence piece. <laughs> what yeah. a place this was. Oh, so, these nicknames are great. I know. <laughs> so the story goes that this guy Billy Milgreen who was uh, Gold Dollar's lover over at the Crystal Palace, was cheating, stepping out. On Gold Dollar with Margarita, the painted lady, over at the birdcage. And that when Gold Dollar found out, little Gertie found out that her man was hanging out at the wrong establishment, she went over to the birdcage with a stiletto knife, got close to Margarita, and stabbed her, murdering her with the stiletto. And then she ran out. Even though there were eyewitnesses, they couldn't find the murder weapon. And uh, Little Gertie, a.k.a. Gold Dollar, walked scot-free from wow. this murder. Whoa. And then years <laughs> later, they were, like, digging stuff out in the back behind the behind the birdcage, and they found the stiletto knife buried back there. So now it's on display. So the murder weapon was found. We got like her now, later. boys. Yeah, got her now. <laughs> Get that rope ready. Margarita isn't the only female apparition that has been encountered at the birdcage. Employees speak of a high class, which was uncommon for such an establishment, a well-dressed woman in white who has manifested in the dark hours of the night. And here is a quote that Bryce is going to read from one of the employees. Almost everyone who works here has had an experience of some kind with the lady in white. I've seen her. 
She came down the stairwell and into the poker room. She wore a white dress and a white bonnet. She stood in front of me for a long time without reacting to my presence at all. At all. It's like she didn't even know I was there. <laughs> Wild. She's what they call a, residu a residual haunt. Residual, right? Res residual. No, residual. That's it. Residual haunt. No one has ever identified who she is. A bonnet indicates she was a proper lady, I think, and no proper ladies ever came in here. Most of us who work here think she came in with the hearse. Now <laughs> she's trapped here. This uh, employee, of course, is working summers uh, during his... Summer break from yeah. Arizona State University. That's right. Yeah, it's a Where great gig. He majors in keggers. <laughs> I do. body you. surfing. Yeah, that's right, on both counts. Sweet. <laughs> now, the ghost of Billy Clanton is also said to float down to Tombstone and visit the birdcage. Billy was William Harrison Clanton, one of the Cochise County outlaw cowboys that was killed in the OK Corral shootout. He likes to sit in the Clanton box seat at the theater. The Clanton name is still uh, a family name that exists and lives in Tombstone today. At one point, Staff placed a mannequin of Wyatt Earp in the box, a gesture which Billy Clanton's ghost did not appreciate. Mm. The staff would occasionally arrive to find that the mannequin's hat had been knocked off or the figure knocked down or turned around. Turned around. And once the staff realized their offense, the mannequin of Wyatt Earp was removed and the uh, and left untouched. So Billy was like, get this guy out of my That's interesting. Box. I like that. Yeah, I like it too. Now, the aforementioned Crystal Palace, where uh, Gold Dollar was running the show, is also allegedly brimming with supernatural activity. The former stomping grounds of Doc Holliday, that was the that was the brothel he liked to go to, and his Lady of the Night lover, Big Nose Kate. Big Nose Kate, everybody. <laughs> they just keep getting better. These uh, the Why Crystal would her parents name her then? I don't know. Her, it's just a moniker, her, David. Something tells me it's not... <laughs> something Jeez. also tells me like it's not her nose that was big you know what i mean there was Wait something else that they were nicknamed well unpack that saying. what do you mean i'm only getting nose i i know but sometimes these tend to be a little dirty you uh, know what I mean? okay so maybe she had other she's giant honkers yeah are you saying she sniffs a lot of cocaine <laughs> that's what i'm getting no, I was just Good saying. Act, probably that, honestly. <laughs> I'm just saying. By the by, these stories, I would say it's. There might be I, other yeah. lady parts like that are a little little larger than usual. Now I'm just speculating here. That's all I'm saying. We're picking up on multiple. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's mysterious. Yeah. I like. All it. right, oh, so. Yeah. The Crystal Palace is said to host numerous poltergeists, including a well-dressed Victorian gentleman who appears at one of the tables in the dining hall, routinely stands up, walks into the men's room, and never walks out. Speaking of cocaine. Oh, <laughs> well, I think we've cat. solved that one. <laughs> a scantily clad woman has also been seen manifesting at the bar, leading some to speculate whether or not this is the ghost of Big Nose Kate herself. In a 2009 article for the Arizona Daily Sun, Crystal Palace manager Colin Regan said this during an interview. I've witnessed the roulette wheel at the Crystal Palace move by itself. I'm from Boston, and I had never seen the kinds of things that I'm seeing since I started working here. I gotta tell you, it's a little creepy. 
Uh, missed opportunity for a Boston accent, but uh, nobody find seen out where they're big from. nose Kate out here. <laughs> I've seen a lot of stuff since I started, but sometimes big nose Kate's in the yard. But I just I don't mess with it. It's wicked weird. It's wicked cool to see you. Yeah, <laughs> wicked weird around here. <laughs> if you're looking for a place to stay the night in Tombstone, and you don't mind being the only guest sharing the room, then the Buford House Bed and Breakfast might be for you. Legend has it that the Buford House is haunted by former resident George Daves, who called the building his, ho- his home long before it was a B&B. George's story is a tragic one. He was in love with a woman named Petra, his childhood sweetheart who grew up across the street. And the story goes when Petra scorned George by dumping him for another man at a party, Mr. Daves sought to even the score by loading up his pistol and shooting her four times, hitting her twice in the torso, and then shooting himself in the head, killing himself one night in August of 1888. Thankfully, Petra survived the gun attack, and the spirit of George... The epitome of toxic masculinity in a town brimming with radioactive men lives on in the Buford house. Now, something you didn't say there, it's the it's the Buford Mad Dog Tannen house, right? Oh, is it? Yeah. That's why it's so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a documentary? I had no idea. Ma- masculinity, yeah. Yeah. So uh, his presence has been seen in a shadowy form moving through the rooms, occasionally appearing in mirrors. George enjoys ringing the doorbell late at, uh, late at night, knocking on walls, and flicking light switches on and off. Little twat. <sighs> one guest had a terrifying experience one night when she woke to the sensation of an, of an electric buzz cascading through her body and watched in terror as the cover slid off of her bed. She could then feel the light sensation of a hand on her skin, which thankfully stopped as soon as her friend woke up to see what was startling her companion. George, uh, fuck off. Wow. <laughs> Fuck off, George! We can't talk about Haunted Tombstone without talking about one of the most, or I'd say more famous, internet ghost photos of all time. The 1996 <gasps> Boot Hill oh, Cemetery ghost photo. Oh, shit. Now, oh, I'll have shit. this up on the Instagram <laughs> for everybody to take a peek at this. Oh, I just caught this that. This was taken... This was taken by Billy Clinton's descendant. Now, Billy Clinton, you remember, is the ghost who was killed at OK Corral, who didn't like White Earp's mannequin in his box seat. Uh, This is his descendant, Ike Clinton, who took the photo. Yeah. The photo is of uh, one of Ike Clinton's friends who was visiting Tombstone, and they were in the Boot Hill Cemetery. Wow. Uh, His friend dressed up in cowboy cosplay. Uh, and Clinton wanted to he he shot him off center so he could get a view of the mountain range in the backdrop. It's a black and white photo. So in the background, you see the cemetery, and there appears to be a the top half of a man mm-hmm. dressed in a black flat brimmed hat emerging from the ground, almost That's as cool. if they were rising from the grave. Ike Clinton claims that there was nothing in the background when the photo was taken. The figure was not discovered until his friend developed the film back home two weeks later. And whatever the object is, it's been investigated. It is in the negative. So wow. this was not photoshopped into the Do you know what this image. reminds now, me of, Michael? This reminds me of the Solway Firth Spaceman a little bit, right? Totally. Like how yeah, a camera so. yeah. captures some sort of anomalous figure in the background. That That is so cool. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, now, as far as I know, this image has never been debunked. There are lots of theories. There's one I read where someone was, like, on Skeptic, where it's like they could have gotten, like, one of those uh, boxing mannequins and sure, stuffed him in possible. the ground and put a hat on him, you know? But, like, okay, but that seems like a... If you're going to fake a ghost photo, I don't know why you would do it that way. Um, <laughs> seems to be a lot of work for not a lot of reward. Uh, yeah, because this Derek, could just be a person, right? Yeah, it could, it could be, but it seems to be so low to the ground he, and small. He didn't know that dude was back there taking a shit when he pressed <laughs> <his laughs> Oh, no! Now, have you, either you know what's inter- hang on! Do you know what's interesting, <laughs> other, too, uh, though, is that the gun, this pick. the gun is yeah. pointed at him. So, it, it, it kind of, you can make an argument yeah, right that... right at it. You can oh, make an yeah. argument that, oh, that makes it a little suspicious, but you could also make an argument but that makes it, ooh, that makes it even the more interesting, you know? So, uh, yeah, I like this photo. Well, it's sort of like a trigger object, right, Bryce? Yeah. 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 Something yeah. Literally. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to throw this out here. Yeah. Just try to, to me, this could be one of those things, and it, the reason it became so famous is because it's so uh, pervasive that because of the way this lines up, your brain really wants to see that hat, and uh-huh. that hat triggers everything else to it be. It could be. Just yep. like unsee that for a second and see that as a patch of shadow. Yeah. And see some see a couple rocks. It's paradoia at its finest. Plant in front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it could just be like it's just an exceptional case of it mm. where you can't really unsee it. No, I'm gonna go ghost cowboy. Nothing there. Now I've taken. <laughs> I'm right. gonna I mean, take that's more, uh, that's the, definitely the more fun. Answer. I'm gonna go ahead and now, go with Ghost Cowboy. I will yeah. say if you zoom, but but I'm gonna try to drop. Um, this was from the article from uh, Skeptic Magazine. Let me see if I can drop this into. Uh, now this is a close up of the image. Now that looks like a person with a hat to me. Uh, David and Derek, I will email this to you guys as well. Um, but David, Derek, have you guys ever have you come across this photo before? Oh yeah. Yeah, for for me, this is a photo that I've been looking at for well ever since it came out. I, I bet I don't know where I first saw it, but uh, you know all this stuff. It just, you just absorb it, and it's just yeah. filed away back there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's always creeped me out. It's it, you know it's a rare daytime ghost uh, yep. image as well. Like typically, you know these images are at night, where a lot of shadows are at play. This is just wide open, bright Arizona day. One thing I do want to say though, looking at this close up. Look at the the man's face. Or yeah, the I assume it's a man. It's gaunt. <laughs> yeah, like it's mm-hmm. really skinny and gaunt. Fits like the time. You know, like people were back in those days, right? And not yeah, super, it does. not super old western, e- old west either. It looks more like ni- like maybe early nineteen hundreds or nineteen, as late as the twenties to me. Mm. Yeah, I you like know what would be interesting to get a hat expert to look at this and say, what's the date of this style of hat? You know, yep. when did somebody wear this style? Uh, mm-hmm. When was that popular? The this also makes me think of when we did the episode about Borley Rectory with Mike Mitchell from Doughboys, and and we talked about how um, when workers were working on Borley Rectory and renovating the the house and the the church, that one of the workers saw a figure walking. It was I believe it was above the ground, like two feet walking across the 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 road. Hmm. And was a historical looking figure. And they sort of said, well, you know, 200, 300 years ago, the incline was much higher. And over the years, it's eroded down. So if if it was sort of like a time warp thing, 
then you that might explain why you saw somebody walking above or appearing to float above the ground when in their timeline they're actually just walking where the ground was. And maybe uh-huh. it's some sort of overlap. I wonder if... You know, I guess the, the the graves would say, you know, but I'm just trying to wonder, I'm just trying to figure if, like, is there this much difference in the grade of where, if this was somebody from the past? You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, why would they be sticking thing. halfway through the ground, I guess? Is the original ground would be lower for him. Yeah. So it appears yeah. as though he's in the ground. I've yeah. heard the same thing about uh, Roman legions marching in Rhodes yeah. in uh, Britain. Um, and then some people have seen, you know, a legion march by ghostly form just going through the walls and stuff, but they're only about halfway out of the floor. And they're like, but that's where the Roman roads were mm-hmm. at the time. And then it's been built on top of ever since, you know, I don't know. It's cool stuff. Uh, everyone take a look at this on the Instagram and let us know what you think. Is this a ghost photo or not? Wait, hold on. I, I, I have to now weigh in one more time. Yes, yes please. So, I, I take back what I said before. I don't think it's paranoia at this at this point, seeing the close up. <laughs> However, what I do notice is that the sun is consistent in that object mm-hmm. as it is in the object in the foreground. Mm-hmm. Um, like the way that the shadow's coming off the chin there and on like that little shadow that the brim of the hat is throwing. So mm-hmm. that gives a very physical object sense to me yeah. of it, which does make me feel like it's staged or Giant. just a mistake i'm not going to call him a liar like I'm, maybe there was just something there you know i'm with you on that riley because it's the framing of the the photo he the the guy in the forefront there is in the <laughs> at least right half or third of of the photo and clearly is leaving space on his left shoulder it does feel which you know like it could be a coincidence. He might be like, here's a couple tombstones. I'm just going to angle it this way or whatever. But it is pretty coincidental. I, I claim the <laughs> photographer claims that that he was wanted to get the mountains in the shot. That's what he said. So it's I've a heard nice that shot. Before. Great. Great. They're still that. coming out of the right side of his head. Yeah. He could have stood he's, anywhere. He's looking like a stud. <laughs> Sweet mustache. Photos like this and the Solway Firth Spaceman are absolutely anomalous. Kodak looked at the print of the Solway Firth and could explain nothing. Now, these are only two photos. How many photos are out there <clears throat> in the world that have sort of anomalous ghost figures in them that we really just either have haven't looked at, haven't taken the time to notice, or put under, uh, you know, Somebody scrutiny. Somebody needs to put together a ghost photo yearbook. Yes, and I'm also that thinking be about amazing. becoming a ghost hat expert. I think I could uh, make a little money with that. Uh, ghost hat but, expert, but, I like that. There's a niche to yes, fill. I think there's a, there's a, a niche to fill. But, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, this goes along with this idea that this phenomenon takes place on a spectral level that sometimes we just can't interpret. And sometimes sensitive equipment like cameras and microphones and other types of highly sensitive equipment can pick up this anomalous phenomena better than our own sensory equipment that we're attached to. So I love this photo, and I think there's a lot more out there just like them. Well, little doggies, if you're a fan of the paranormal, like Bryce, or simply wish to visit a place where famous figures of the Old West still walk among us today, I recommend checking out Tombstone, Arizona, <laughs> a little southwestern town with a with a big history where legends never die. Hey, applesauce! I'm calling you out. Meet me out in the yard. We're gonna have us a draw. Hee hee hee! And then applesauce just hops. He just hops into. 
He hops into a little tree hole. No, he's dead. You don't, you don't find him, him for a hundred years. No, I didn't oh. even. <laughs> I didn't happened. even give him the grace of he an can... actual uh, rudimentary jaw. Just shot him on sight as soon as he walked out that corral. That's not canon. It's not canon. Oh. That's fan fiction. Apple Duel. Everybody, <laughs> 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 come quick! There's an Apple Duel down the street. <laughs> All right, uh, Derek. David, remind everyone where they can find Shadows yes. of the Desert, High Strangeness, and the Borrego Triangle. Well, March 5th, it begins streaming. Uh, you can pre-order now by going to borregotriangle.com. It's B-O-R-R-E-G-O. Uh, it's it's going to be available on Apple TV, Amazon Prime, and a whole slew of other locations. Um, yeah, I think cool. that's that's all we need to know. Go to that website. It'll tell you everything you need to know. You can Great. rent or buy it for about 90 days, I think, there is what they're running that cycle, right, Derek? Something like that, yeah. Awesome. Well, I need I need to buy it for my collection, so. Great. Love it. If you're a physical media person, yes. or is, there, is it possible to get your hands on physical copies of it? Yes, there will be DVDs available, uh, I want to say, a couple weeks after the digital release. Rad. They'll be available on, like, Walmart, Amazon, cool. you know, all oh, the places you get shit. DVDs these days. Right on. I'm definitely going to get one of those from my library. Well, I, I think I speak for the BCC boys real quick when I just say thank you guys for not only making that film, but asking us to uh, participate in it, too, and, and uh, render our voices on the strangeness of, of the desert. So we appreciate you guys and what you do. And, and hey, mm-hmm. BCC listeners, man. This is one of those little weird little films that you need to watch and need to own, and I just love it. And uh, uh, way to go, guys! Thank you. Well, we can't thank you guys enough for being part of it as well. Yeah, and, yeah, really, really upped the uh, uh, quality of the film from these two jabrones. So certainly Aww. did. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, that's also, great. thank you guys. In the first cinematic appearance of the BCC at all, so it starts there. That's right. That's, that's the true. first movie we're in. That's we're part of the BCCU. That's right. You are. BCCU. BCCCU. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, real quick, plug your podcast. Where can people uh, listen to your shows? You can find Monsters Among Us podcast anywhere you find a podcast. We release every Thursday. It's a call-in show about monsters. Go check it out. You can find blurry photos in the same spots. I release whenever I get the research done. Uh, so Love it's that. not often anymore, but uh, I try to do quality episodes. And then uh, I'm also a co-host on Hysteria 51. If you like comedy with your uh, uh, paranormal stuff, and if you like trivia, listen they're to listening quiz, quiz, to this. Bang, bang. They don't. If they... <laughs> Real dry. Yeah. Super serious. Yeah, they, they don't. Super serial. So, um, yeah, that's where I am at. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, David, and thank you, Derek. We'll talk to you real of soon. Thank you. Huge thanks again to Derek and David. And before we head over, head on over to Collector's Corner, let's thank some club scouts who've recently joined us <laughs> on it. BCC The Other Side. Let's do it, boys. Tad Stones. Thank you. Joshua Sprouse. Thank you. Mary Manson, Cosmeteer. Thanks, Mary. Welcome. Alan Wojciechewski. Thanks, Alan. I did an okay part uh, yeah, job on that one, name. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Alan Jay, Sorry, Alan. Alan Dubs. Jay Whitman. Thanks, Jay. Evan Diamond. Thanks, Evan. Allison Ruiz. Thank you, Allison. Tiffany Villa. Thank you, Tiffany. Steve Susevic. Thanks, Steve. Joshua Papatov. Thank you, Joshua. Henrik Forrester Cosmeteer. It's Henrik's son, Forrester. Oh, thank you're right. You. Henrikson Forrester. I got you. I caught, it. caught it. Yeah, thank you. Alfarius Cosmeteer. Alfarius. I mean, if there's an Alfarius, <laughs> he's definitely you're on the Cosmeteer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Alfarius, I yes. have waited your arrival. We will recruit you Ryan. later. 
Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Anita Weinberg, Cosmeteer. Oh, thanks, Anita. Welcome. And finally, my favorite name of the week, Blastoise Collector. I want to see your collection. Thank you, Blastoise Thank Collector. Thank you, Blastoise. We got a little... Loves his poke, loves their Pokemon. All right, head over to patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club to unlock total access to three bonus apps every month, the BCC Discord, and more. Upgrade to the Cosmeteer membership to unlock three music tracks from our dear super producer, Riley. Also, if you uh, have a strange encounter, please write into us at Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. Send us any weird paranormal videos we have so we can get those up over on our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash at Bigfoot Collectors Club. Go give us a subscribe over there. Okay, let's swing by the Collectors uh, Corner. Uh, let's find uh, uh, out uh, uh, what uh, else uh, uh, we're working on and what we're currently collecting, uh, 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 reading, watching, or uh, 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 simply corner. into. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, everyone watch Bookie on Max, season one, streaming now, season two, coming sometime in the future. I'm in a couple episodes, uh, would uh, love to be back, so go check that out. Speaking of Max, um, I don't know if you guys, I'm a, a couple episodes behind, but uh, the new season of True Detective Night Country, are either of you guys watching this? Oh, no, but I need some now. new content. Oh, Damn. It's a, a little spooky, supernaturally feeling. Okay. And um, it's also got a inspiration from the Dyatlov Pass really? uh, case. No. Oh, yeah. Big oh, time. Oh, wow. Which big I'm an time. expert so on. So Club Scouts, <laughs> yeah, Club Scouts need to be watching <laughs> that. You'll know what I mean when you see it. Uh, Yeti Massacre. Also, I just wanted to give a Max. shout out. I got a recommend from a comic book and 80s toys lovers. I don't know if you guys are checking this out, but Robert Kirkman, you know, who does Invincible and Walking Dead, is masterminding a sort of reboot of all the Hasbro 80s toys comics. Oh, really? So, like, G.I. Joe um, and Transformers. And then he's writing one himself (laughs) called uh, Void Rivals. But it's sort of like a relaunch of that shared universe. And the comics are shockingly so good mm. and uh so if you're looking for some new books to read it's all under his skybound imprint over That's on cool. image i highly recommend checking wow. out those books the art is fantastic too on on all 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 titles so there you go that's what i'm into right now bryce cool. what do you got cool check this out um hey you guys out there who likes country music i do how about outlaw country I music do. i do so i've been like <laughs> well i've been listening to outlaw country i guess for the last 10 years or so and you know there's not a lot of new stuff that comes into sort of that sound that tone but my brother brett turned me on to this guy coulter wall c-o-l-t-e-r wall and holy shit this guy's 28 but he sounds like old golden throat himself uh what a sound man coming out of this kid he's from saskatchewan Big nose. He's got a Kate McCannon. He's got a song called Kate McCannon. Uh, But he comes out of Saskatchewan, Canada. And get this, he doesn't do interviews. Why? Because he fucking works on a ranch full time. He doesn't have time for your fucking interview. Uh, And he's too busy smoking those camel wide non filters, which gives him that beautiful voice. Too busy. Taking people down to the train station, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, exactly. So if you, you like that, Yellowstone. Uh, if you like that old country sound, give old Coulter Wall a search on uh, on your search engine on Spotify or Pandora or however you listen to your BCC podcast. Wow, I love it. 
I'm definitely going to listen to that. I feel like I've heard that that uh, that name kicking. I can't believe I've missed it for this long. It t- came as a total by surprise. I was like, oh my gosh, I have a feeling he's going to do well. Great. I mean, the fact that he's working on a ranch and not doing interviews, even if it is calculated, is just like so cool. Good cool job. Live your life. Do well. Yeah, Riley. How about you, man? What's uh, what's going in the Riley mind? Huh. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, Tommy put out uh, a couple of B sides from the record. Oh, that's sweet. cool. A uh, week or a few weeks ago. Um, it's stuff that Pam had made on her. I mean, most of that record, uh, pretty much all of it, really, truly is. Is it's Pam made that record. It, it had come together sort of before I ended up joining the band. But she had a few of these uh, B sides that weren't on the record. We were listening to them. I was like, these are. These are so good. Man. Wow. Like, you should the put these The B-sides always so are, did. man. <laughs> um, I, I, they're like some of my favorite ones. So, uh, so yeah, go check those out. Pop over to uh, pop over to Spotify and uh, or whatever you listen to music these days. I mean, if you want to buy a record, we'll, we'll mail it to you ourselves. But, um, yeah, just uh, go check out the new Tommy record, Late Bloomer, and check out the, uh, the recently released B-sides. Awesome. Great. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Well, we're crossing over to the other side for a fun Q&A episode. If we don't see you over there, we'll be back here next week for an all-new episode of BCC. Until then, good night. Go get regressed, partner. I'm still in my hiding hole. Oh, goddammit! I knew it! Why won't you die, you son of a bitch? Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then-unheard-of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.